All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa, and we are here to continue our sensational summer slasher series, uh, an alliterative term that even Stan Lee, I think, would be jealous of. I think he'd be um, proud. I think he would. And I, I want to give you props because I was just saying summer slasher series, and I thought that was witty. And I was like, Haha, and I you know, patted myself <laughs> on the back. And then you posted something on Instagram, sensational summer slasher series. I'm like, man. I've been out alliterated by the <laughs> Debona. <laughs> so uh, kudos to you. And it's a lot. It's a lot. So um, <laughs> we are here today to continue our sensational summer slasher series and continue uh, into the new millennium. Right. So we spent a yeah. little while in the 80s. Uh, we kind of saw like where the slasher begins um, or at least like the proper slasher, right? You know, because we've talked about giallos and stuff like that. Right. But um, we're moving into 2009 with uh, with a what I think is a little known movie called Laid to Rest. Little known uh, written, is, one, is one way to put it. I, I, I think it is one way to put it. Um, <laughs> I got to be honest. I got no idea how this movie came on my radar. Right. I, I, I don't remember. I'm interested. I wish you knew. <laughs> um i i don't know how it is that this movie came on my radar all i know is that i whether it was talking to other um you know uh, horror fans or maybe just reading you know different horror websites somehow this came on my radar and uh, i watched it a couple of years ago and i was like holy fuck this is this is something so yeah. um so i was like you know what you know we 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 did the Prowler, and the Prowler is another one that I think kind of is a is a sleeper in right. In the, I think so. The too, genre. I didn't know about the Prowler till you told me. Yeah, but it is the kind of movie where, like, with just a little bit of digging, you'll find about the Prowler. You'll find right. out about it, and it usually ranks pretty high on people's list of slashers. Uh, this is a very different kind of movie where I think um, you know maybe because it is so modern. Uh, you know, 2009, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about a couple of years ago now, but, you know, this this is relatively new in the slasher genre. Um, I think that that has something to do with why this movie isn't as well known. Uh, its right. budget is probably another thing. But um, what yeah, it's not a huge budget here. Um, <laughs> so, so, Daniel, what what did you think? You know, and I would like to know. If you saw anything like a trailer or read anything before watching the movie, and if you did, what did you think of that? And then after watching the movie, what'd you think? So I had never heard of this before you brought it up for the show. I okay. did not watch anything. Like literally the only thing I had seen before I started it was just the cover of it. 
right? Which is just like, you know, like the knife and chrome skull or whatever, not even the knife, just chrome skull. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, no idea what I'm in for here. Uh, and so I went into, this might be the most blind that I've gone into a movie that we've done. I had absolutely no idea what to expect. And uh, I wasn't blown away by it. It wasn't anything amazing, but it was mm-hmm. it was a fun ass watch, man. It was this movie is bloody as hell. This movie yeah. has got, uh, you know, it's got Cersei Lannister, and it's right. It, it's I mean, it's it's kind. And this is after three hundred. Three hundred was right. released in two thousand and six, and I think that's kind of what put her on the radar. Yeah, and you know, so this is even after I think Sarah Connor Chronicles, and so I, I, I was just, it was one of those things I, I couldn't, I couldn't ever quite put my finger on this movie, right? I kept, I kept trying to figure out like where it was going or what was happening or just kind of anything, and and honestly, I feel like this movie is the like the the brainchild of somebody who was really good at special effects and had some great ideas about ways to kill people and how to make it look dope as fuck. And then they just built a movie around that. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, there are far worse premises that we've watched movies based around. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, it was there. The, the, the thing that took me a little while to get past was this movie has got that, uh, that sci-fi original porn parody Jason S Jason X style like the the look of it like it's, yeah. it's it's got a it's got a weird look to it that just takes a minute to get past like it's not soft like a movie like it's very cold and sterile just everything it's the cameras it was recorded on yeah, exactly. And and like I said, I mean, you just I, I, it's not that I'm not used to movies that look like that. I'm just not used to watching movies that look like that for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I kind of crawled past that, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about with this movie. You know, I can definitely see why it never got any sort of major hype. You know, mm-hmm. I can see why this isn't one that people were were singing their its praises from the rooftops. But I can also I'm also a little I'm I'm a little shocked that that this one never popped up as something that I heard about. Um, I'm not shocked that it didn't pop up for you either, because unless you're an absolute fucking nerd like I am, (laughs) you're not you're not going to dig into different genres the way that 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 I do. Right. you know, even if you're beyond the casual fan, like let's say you're a big fan. When I go down a rabbit hole and I wish I wasn't like this, but <laughs> I get so utterly I really wish I wasn't. It would be a lot easier to be me. Um, I get so utterly consumed by right. the consumption of knowledge that um, like I will not stop until I have literally exhausted every avenue that I have in front of me. And this came into my life at a point when I didn't have any kids, you know, I, um, you know, I, I really no longer had to work too many jobs. You know, I was kind of, you know, working two jobs and one of them was, was, you know, fairly, fairly easy. 
And so I had time. I had time to consume um, both, you know, literature, you know, reading about this stuff and then seeking out and watching this. Um, and so it, it kind of came on my radar at the right time. And so I'm going to put this out there. I love this fucking movie. <laughs> and uh, I love it in spite of its shoestring budget, which I've looked for and I can't find. I don't yeah, know I, I how did, much I, It was money. one of the first things I tried to research after the movie. And you can't find it. Uh, there no. is no reporting on how much this movie costs to make. Um, but I can tell you that that look that you're talking about, that sci-fi original look, it's because of the cameras. This was recorded on what was a decent digital camera of the time. Right. And uh, that's why you get that cold look. Um, you know, a, a film camera is going to give you warmth. It's going to give you um, the film touch. You know, it's the difference between looking at, um, you know, like some, some black and white street photography from, from the thirties or the forties, you know, when the stuff was like just coming about and then looking at, like black and white street photography today. Right. It's very different. It's very cold. Um, and a lot of times I wonder if it's even taken on black and white film stock uh, or if it's just taken on like a digital camera and then in Photoshop, they turn it into black. Right. And white. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what digital can do for you. George Lucas paved the way for that with his star Wars prequel trilogy and love it, hate it say whatever you want about it, but it was revolutionary and it allowed a lot of people to make movies for not an awful lot of money while he invested, you know, millions <laughs> of billions of dollars into the tech so that people can do that. Right. Um, and he, he did the same thing in the seventies with ILM, you know, making special effects, something that was viable for people. And that's kind of what this movie is to me. I think you're hundred percent right that this was a movie where the special effects, the kills were created first and then yes. the movie was written afterwards. And I got to be honest, I don't have a fucking problem with that because <laughs> um, there were a lot of movies that this is kind of an homage to right? that did that. And uh, there's very few slashers where I think the story was thought out first and then they crafted the kills and the effects afterwards. A lot of times you would get you would specifically hire your special effects guy, um, you know, someone, uh, someone like a Carlo Rombaldi, like a like a uh, what's this guy, um, uh, Winston? Um, is it Winston? No. Um, who am I thinking of? The, the Terminator <laughs> guy. Uh, and this is going to drive me nuts. I need to look it up now. Um, let's see. I mean, this this guy's huge. I can't believe I'm having such a brain fart. Uh, special effects by... Now I can't find it. And I'm going to go crazy looking for it. So whatever. Um, but special effects by, you know, some of these people, you, you would seek them out first and then say, okay, well, what can we do? And then after you find out what you can do, you're like, okay, cool. So now let's write the story where we're going to create this thing. And Robert right. Hall, who wrote and directed this, started out as a special effects guy. And, yeah, and that's, 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 that's where that's, that's where this comes from. 
you know, it's it's him saying, what can I do? How can I push special effects to a place where it hasn't been pushed in a long time? And um, although I don't think that he does anything revolutionary here, what he does is do what some of these guys were doing in the 80s again and just right. as good. Stan Winston. Yeah, it is Winston. Stan Winston. There He's it is. He's the guy Stan who Winston, did the, yeah. the, the special effects for uh, for Terminator. So people would reach out to these guys, you know, your Tom Savini's, and they would say, what can you do? What can you think up? And then they'd film around it. Kind of like Ray Harryhausen in the in the 50s with his you know stop motion animation monsters. Yeah. They'd say, what can you do? And when he'd say, okay, well, I've got this, he would film those scenes and then they would film a movie around it. And I think that that's okay when the draw of your film is the kills, when the draw of your film is, you know, the, the, the bravado, the gore, I'm okay with that. Um, And, and, and you, and you make something where um, there's enough story to make sense, but you're not here for the story. So you just needed to make enough sense. And I think that that's what we get here. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not wrong because, you know, when we get to the kills and stuff, I mean, some of that stuff was just incredible. But you mentioned the idea of the story. So let's get into that because what we have here is, I don't know, maybe it's a lot to take in, maybe it's not, right? We always talk about with the slasher, do we actually get a narrative? Do we have a beginning, a middle, and an end? Or do we just have a series of circumstances that take us from one kill to the other. So tell us, tell me, tell us what you think about um, this one. I'm laid to rest. What does the story in this one do for you? I actually like the story in this one. Um, And like I said, I don't think that it's much story, but there is enough explanation for why these characters behave the way they do. And while I don't think that this is some incredible deconstruction of the slasher genre, um, I'm not going to go that far <laughs> to say something <laughs> bold like that. Um, what I think we do have is a movie that addressed many of the issues that people have with slashers, which is, you know, the things like why do people behave as stupid as they do? You right. Know, why, why, why does, why does the final girl, uh, why is she so stupid? You know, why does she, you know, uh, what's what's the final, uh, what's that famous line from um It's always screen, some you know, dumb she, blonde she, running up the stairs running and she up should the be stairs, running, out, she the should be running out the door. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what this does. It takes our, our, our heroine, our final girl, and it says, well, she's had a massive concussion. Right. She's not thinking straight. So she can't remember yeah. the names of things. She's having she, a hard time. And, and she she does get smarter as yes. the movie goes on because as she's coming out of the concussion, she's behaving much more rationally. And right. she's remembering the, the words for things, the terms for things. And to me, that made sense. It got us to a place where we could have the dumb final girl yeah without having a dumb final girl and it also made it where her uh her sexuality her morality was not really at, at all uh, an issue in the movie it, it never came into question because she didn't even know who she was 
right. because of that knock on the head. So when you finally find out that she's a prostitute from Miami, it even doesn't matter anymore. And right. she doesn't care either. She just wants to survive. And I think that to eliminate all of that from a movie where it's like, no, she can't be stupid because she's concussed. She can't be amoral because she has no personality. She has she her reality is what she sees in front of her. Um, that is, I think I'm not going to call it brilliant, but I think it's a great answer to the trope where it allows you to play with the trope. It allows you to have the trope, but at the same time, address the common issues that people have with the trope where it right. makes it real world now it, it makes it logical the reason why that stuff happens the other thing that the story does well is it has likable characters yeah and and this is something that is woefully lacking in the slasher genre as much as i love slashers i've said it before slashers are my favorite uh subgenre of horror I love them because I can turn my brain off and I can just watch people get, you know, murdered and, and fuck for for an hour and a half. Yeah. And uh, and that's a fun time. OK, <laughs> it, really um, is. it really, really is. Uh, don't read into that. It's just, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, sex and violence sells and I have been sold on it. Yeah. So um, you have characters that you genuinely like, you know, even someone like um, like Lena Headey's character, Cersei Lannister's character. Where like you would expect her to be like, you know, the the unwelcoming woman like, oh, you know, right. She warms up right away. She realizes yeah, she's she, not she, exactly being reasonable. Yeah, she comes out. She comes out of the gate firing, but but mellows mm -hmm. very quickly. Yeah, as soon as she sees her, you know, yeah. and, and that's that's a very human reaction to uh, to to seeing someone suffer, you know. Uh, so to, to me, the people behave like people here, you know, particularly um, shit. What was this character's name? The 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 nerdy dude um, uh, that with the Internet connection, no phone. Um, oh, um, Stephen. Stephen. Yes, Stephen. Thank you. Stephen behaves like a person. Yeah. You know, particularly a person in 2009 who would have thought, no, I don't need a landline anymore. What for? I've got an, yeah, right. I've got an internet connection, you know? So it would make sense that you would walk up to, you know, some, you know, some, some IT nerd's house and he wouldn't have a fucking phone. Yeah. To, to me, that made sense. Was it convenient? Yeah. Was it written that way? Absolutely. But it made enough sense. And he behaved like a person where when he got to the funeral home, He's dealing with, you know, the uh, you know, all of the emotions that go along with having to, you know, see, take care of, of an ailing parent and then the trauma that goes through with that. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that Chrome Skull knows that that's his mom. It just so happens that his yeah. mother's at this funeral home and it's a small town and there's only so many dead bodies you're going to find in that funeral home. Again, convenient. Sure. Does it work? Enough. Yeah. And, and 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 it 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 goes in it allows us to explore some of his trauma you know and they're all dealing with different kinds of trauma which and i don't think that this is you know um i don't think that this is the purpose of this movie but there's a mention somewhere that uh this was probably done by a surgeon of some kind someone with medical training right, right. he dresses he dresses in what we can only assume is a very expensive suit Yes. And 
I have to think that there is some sort of commentary here on how like the 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 rich you know eat the poor all the time, and um, you know the the sort of trauma that they caused us for their own enjoyment. Right, and um, I don't think that that is too outlandish a an analysis of this movie when you consider what the second one does. And the second one, uh, again, we're not looking at the second one, but Late to Rest Part 2 definitely goes into that. And who this okay. guy is, who this guy is, and why he has these resources, and you know the, the depths that he goes to to uh, inflict this, this harm on people. And, and so I, I, I think that there absolutely is enough in this movie to interest someone who wants to watch a movie, but there's also enough in this movie to interest someone who just wants to watch people get hacked and slashed for an hour and a half. Yeah, there was, I was actually surprised at how much I enjoyed the story of this movie because there was a word you kept using and that was coincidence. And really that's what every bit of this movie boils down to is just a string of coincidences. However, there never it never feels ridiculously contrived which is a delicate balance because when when it just so happens that one thing leads to another thing and these these people are just in the right place at the right time so often when that when that happens in a movie we are stuck going okay yeah but no like that mm -hmm. wouldn't happen while this is just happenstance after happenstance none of it is ridiculous because of the fact that, like you said, you you sell this idea of a small town, you you create characters that I buy into, that I that I believe in what I believe what they're selling me. You take a situation and you just make it work, and I really did kind of enjoy it because it did. It just kept trucking along after about that first thirty minutes. That first thirty minutes was kind of kind of slow. But it was, you know, it was, it was, it was necessary. We just had to kind of set everything up, and so as it kept going, you know, I kept finding myself kind of chuckling, being like, "Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, of course that's what happens next, or of course that's who happens <laughs> to be there." But right. it was never a thing where I was just like, "That's stupid." That went, there's, there's no way, there's no way that would happen like that. And as long as I never got taken to that place, I never got sucked out of it. I could enjoy the fact that yes, it was just one coincidence after another, but I never felt like it was forced. It was just, you know, good situations and bad. I mean, good shit, bad shit happens all the time. Everybody's had a day where just every fucking thing goes wrong everybody's had a day where just everything everything's coming up millhouse right we we we've all had both of those types of days and so as long as it never reached that point of being absurd i was okay with it uh i really did enjoy like you said this idea that she had amnesia and that's why she was the way she was because at first I was super annoyed with it until I got the idea that she had amnesia. She was like, I woke up in a dead box. And I was like, what is this broad on about? Like, who doesn't right. know the word <laughs> off in her casket, right? 
Those are pretty common words. And then they eventually find the split in the back of her head. And I'm like, okay, all right. So she's concussed, right? Cool. Been there. So it, it started to make sense. And then you did get a progression of how she should act and how things, how she would respond to different situations as it moved forward. So again, the concussion and her stupidity, naivete, whatever word you want to use, was a plot device that right. was that was used very well. So I was okay with that. I was very good with the way that all of these people were presented. They all seemed like they made sense except for Chrome Skull. But then he was presented in a way where it was like, well, this dude's not supposed to make sense. Look at him. He's <laughs> obviously not from here. He's got a car that you can just like take control of from the onboard computer. You know, like he's obviously this guy's not from a town where the closest police station is what he said, like, what, like two hours away or something like yeah. that at one point. I mean, no one's driving around in a Chrysler 300 yeah, in, exactly. uh, in, in the middle of the boonies, which, yeah. by the way, I think they're in Alabama. Um, I see. She said Asheville at one point. So I was thinking it was a Carolina. There's a, uh, but that's just, I, I, cause I know there's an Asheville, like North Carolina. Um, that's what? a small town. I know uh -huh. that I, I did find out they were talking about making a third one that was going to be filmed in Alabama. Um, but it, it never happened, but I'm not mm. sure if they were supposed to be in Alabama or not. Um, um I mean, she's clearly taken from Miami. Right. But, um, you know, wh where she ends up, it's never really. And I think it's 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 a good idea not to say exactly where they are. Um, right. But I don't know why something this last watch through gave me the indication that they were in Alabama. OK, I mean, it absolutely could have been. Like I said, I just I they did say Asheville. Which there could be an Asheville, Alabama. Yeah. I don't know where in the state. Um, but uh, so just as the movie progressed, I, look, I'm not going to lie. When this thing started, when I was like 10, 15 minutes into it, I was like, what? Why, why does Dave like this so much? Because like as I was <laughs> as I was firing it up, um, I was sitting there and I was like, never seen this, never heard of it. But Dave likes it. I mean, so there's got to be something to it. And uh, so, and, and I was like about 15 minutes into it. I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go or why Dave would like this movie so much. But as the little bit of story that we got progressed, as the characters evolved, just as everything kept going, I did, I found myself rooting for characters. I found myself, I, I did get sucked in. So it created with, with as, as small as the story was, there was enough of it there for me to be like, okay, like I'm in, let's go. Like I, now I want to see what happens next. And you know, that that's, that's what it takes to have a good story, right? People want to know where it's going to go. I wasn't just wondering who was going to get killed next. I was genuinely worried that princess or that, that Steven weren't going to make it. And I wanted to know more about Chrome Skull. Like these, all of these things, were, were happening so I can't knock the story too much because it definitely did suck me in and I think a lot of that has to do with the characters which is the 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 next thing I want to move into um and it's something that came up a lot while I was talking about the story while you were talking about the story the characters are central 
to this movie, which um, if you're rooting for them, then they're not just cannon fodder. They're not just cattle to be slaughtered by right. a killer. So um, are there any characters that stand out for you as like the the, the stars here, good or bad? Because, you know, this is a low budget movie. Acting is never going to be you know, the highlight right. here. All right. Well, um, since I get to go first on this one, I'm just going to go ahead and grab that brass ring. Grab that brass ring, man. Tucker. Yeah. Tucker was so fucking good. Tucker was an unbelievable character. Just he was so, so great. Uh, he, he was super believable as this small town guy who just wanted to do right by somebody that he saw on the street. You know, he gets this great introduction where you're not sure if he's the killer or if he's just some creepy guy in his truck. And and then you immediately kind of find out that it's just a good guy. It's just a dude. Mm-hmm. He's got his wife. You know, he's he's got a cane. He's obviously lived a life, right? Th- this guy has a past to him. But it's never explored because we don't need to know. We're, we're okay with just understanding that Tucker now leads a life where he just wants to do right by people, the people in his town, his wife, whoever it may be. He just wants to help. And he was so great as this compassionate paternal figure to princess while also being great as this loving husband in the scenes that we got with him and his wife early on. Mm-hmm. He 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 gets a little he's got a little badass in him towards the end there when he's distracting Chrome Skull. I mean, the guy just went out there and did it. Like he he had a couple freakouts that were just some of the best acting in the movie. Not mm-hmm. so they were the best acting in the movie. Yeah. When he just kind of completely flips and he eventually and and you know he's 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 just lost it and they're, they're stuck like in this convenience store or whatever, or the, the funeral home or it was the funeral home. And, um, and they're just stuck and they don't know what they're going to do. He's just lost his wife. All of this because he was just trying to be nice and help out this girl that he found on the street. And yeah, he absolutely could have said, you know what? Fuck this. Like I've already lost my wife. I'm going to go. The dude's not going to be at my house if you're not there. So I'm just going to go there and lock the doors. But that wasn't Tucker. Tucker was the guy who was going to help to his own detriment. I mean, you know, just for for everything that went wrong with for them, he hung in there. And then he just kept scooping up more people, you know, because then they they get to Stephen's house and. And he's just making fun of him for being a computer nerd and stuff like that. You know, (laughs) send one of those mail things, you know, and like, and just ragging on him. But then when they all moved on, like he was the one telling Steven to get his shit together, you know, that that they had something they needed to do. And he, he just so naturally took on that role for both of them that it was, it was great. The dude just, uh, he was uh, Kevin Gage is the, is the actor's name. I mean, he was just awesome. I I loved seeing him uh and everything he did. Uh I, I just I I was blown away by by Tucker. 
there, you know, there were a couple others, um, but he was, he was the standout man. He stole the show. I have to agree for, for me, it is, um, it's him. I think that everyone treated their, their roles with the same sort of, um, respect that they would have treated, um, you know, some sort of big studio drama, you know, some, yeah. some Oscar bait. Um, and, 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 and I got that from him and he's, he's the kind of guy where like, you've seen him in movies here and there. I mean, the, the guy has got one of the best characters in heat, you know? Yes. Um, and, and he's been in stuff like strange land. Like, you know, he's a guy who you've seen before. And I think that this movie is filled with those kinds of characters where, um, you know, Lena Headey, I can't remember exactly when this movie came out, but this is right around the time that she's uh, getting into Game of Thrones. Uh, but she had already done 300. Right. You know, um, she's someone who was on people's radar. She had already done the Sarah Connor Chronicles, you know, so she was on her way to being a star and she treated this with the same level of dedication. I think, although her role was, you know, fairly small, uh, she treated with the same level of, uh, of dedication and respect that she, she did Queen Gorgo in, uh, in 300, you know, and that's a real movie that, you know, people gen like, genuinely love and right. quote often you know Always. um yeah yeah you know so um there's there's a lot of i think good actors here although the acting isn't always great um someone i do want to mention is sean whalen is steven um yes. there's um i think i have a very um realistic view of myself I think that right. I have the ability to pick out characters in movies and TV shows and say, that's me in this world. <laughs> that's who I am. And in the world of laid to rest, I am Steven. Okay. And, and, and I think that he played that role so well. There's a, uh, there's a veritas to it. There's a truth to it that, um, that you don't often see in that sort of like nerdy programmer kind of role where oftentimes like this person is so distant and so like not human, you know, they're almost right. like robots. And he is one of the most human characters in this movie. Oh, where you doubt. feel for him. You really do feel for him. Um, and, and so when he's talking about how he had to take care of his mother, it's like, fuck man, that's a real person. You know, and, and he's talking about, you know, when he sees the ghost of his mom, he's like, you're not there. You know, like he's actually going through something in that moment. I think that there's there is some good acting in this movie. And it's not what, what you come here for. You definitely come for the deaths. But right. Um, but his is one like and, and I think all really all the deaths are, but they're all deaths that matter. They're deaths where it's not just that, like you're wincing because it hurts, but you're wincing because you feel it also. And, yeah. um, and, and, and I think that, that his, his role as, as Steven is, is, is he touched me in some way. Um, and I'm, 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 yeah, I'm not going to say that, you know, he touched me in the same way that, um, 
I don't know, Tom Hanks does and <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but I saw it and I saw myself in that movie and I was like, that's what I would be. I would be the guy who like whose morning gets in the way of being efficient and yeah. who is too smart for his own good where I will try to do something and I might be successful because he is, I mean, he's the right. reason why Chrome school is stopped. You yes. know, he, he put, he puts that, uh, that acid or whatever it is inside you know, the, glue. the glue that he uses. Yeah. And you know, fuck. I mean, he fucks him up. <laughs> Even if he's already dead when it happens, he fucks him up. But he, I mean, he's also the the mastermind of his own demise when when he gets his head pumped full of this shit, you know. Uh, and what a fucking death that is! But we'll, oh we'll my talk God. about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know one one thing that was that was really interesting about the characters in this movie is so going back and watching this in twenty twenty three, this so uh, Game of Thrones started in twenty ten, right? So this this definitely you know predates her Cersei Lannister, mm -hmm. but. It was funny because that's that's my, you know, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, look, there's Cersei. Yeah, she's got brown hair. Cool, cool, cool. And so, like I said, she fires out of the gate. And I was like, man, this chick can't be anything but a bitch. Like, that's all she's got. <laughs> and, then, and then she softened so quick. And suddenly I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like, okay. Where'd Cersei go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. she did. She came out as Cersei so fast. That that I had I had written her off and I was like, ah, to hell with her. But then she softens so quickly and she immediately kind of sees the girl's situation. When she walks out there and Princess says, you know, like I could hear you in the other room, and she just gets this ah, I fucked up look on her face, right? Mm -hmm. And she 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 feels bad immediately. Like I was I was really kind of blown away at at how well that went not that i've ever thought she was a bad actress but the fact that within those first few minutes i had already written her off as being one note it was like oh, okay so this was the warm-up and then and then she and then she kind of came in and and she softened which is something that you you know through what seven eight seasons of game of thrones whatever 10 i don't remember at this point but you you rarely saw that like you did on occasion but then it was always just followed by okay it was means to an end right. she genuinely portrayed someone who cared about someone other than herself which as someone who was most familiar with her for, as being Cersei Lannister that was a refreshing change of pace so it was nice to see her do something different mm -hmm. um and uh, you know i just i i did enjoy that princess i mean i don't know she she did as well as she needed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think is I think is all that I can really say about. Um, I think her name is Bobby Sue Luther or Bobby yeah. Luther Sue or yeah, like I know there's three names. Um, she she did what she needed to 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 bring into that role. She was effectively scared for most of it. I don't have anything negative to say about her performance. But there was also nothing that, you know, I'm going to talk about afterwards. She, I think, although she is the, the the heroine of the movie, I definitely think that as far as characters go, she is um, maybe the weakest. Um, and, and I think that when your final girl 
is the weakest character in the movie. You've done a really good job of fleshing out your other characters. Right. Um, and, and maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a, a con, you know, instead of a pro, but I, I felt like she was good enough for me to feel for the situation that she had been put in. Right. But not, uh, bad enough for me to say like oh well i fucking hope she dies you know um you know i yeah, wanted yeah, i wanted no, her to survive i wanted her to survive but i also never really cared who she was um i just knew i wanted her to survive because she had endeared herself to me but um i think her character was maybe it was just the way that she was played maybe it was the way she was written i don't know but i i never really cared who she was. Yeah, that's exactly where I kind of sort of that. And she she looked so familiar that I, I, I like I kept trying to figure out uh where I knew her from. Um and I stumbled across the interesting fact that she actually did an episode of Sarah Chronic Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, okay. Um with Lena Hetty. So I wonder if maybe that's you know if if they knew each other, you know, from that or if the 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 director of this got them both and knew them both from that or something along those lines. But she was also in the WWE diva search, which is more than likely <laughs> where I remember seeing her face. Um, to go back to Lena Headey, I love the way that she plays this role. And um, I mean, it was, it was written by a dude. It was written by, by Robert Hall. Um, so I'm not going to say that this is, um, you know, super, authentic to the way that women behave. Right. What I will say is that I have seen um, my wife be made happy by a new pair of shoes or a new sweater <laughs> okay. or a new whatever in the same way that I am. Right. You know, when, when, when I get a, uh, a new ball cap or, uh, or a new watch or a new something, um, things do make us happy. Yeah. And when she is telling princess, like, we'll give you one of his shirts. I'll give you a pair of shoes. I've got some nice shoes. Like, trust me, you'll feel better. There is truth to that. Not like she is truly, truly believing that like, this is going to make her feel better because this woman has no idea who she is. She has no idea what life is about at this moment. To, to me, there, there was, there was a truth there that I really appreciated. Yeah. I, I can, I can see that. Like I said, I did, I did enjoy her. Um, you know, the, the two guys, the, the only other characters that we haven't really talked about the, the two guys towards the end there, um, Anthony and whoever the other one was, you know, yeah. they served a purpose, you know, they, they, Enough. they yeah. And, yeah, uh, they, Tommy, they, they got, the, yeah, Tommy, there we go. You know, yeah. they, they, they got the job done. So <laughs> I, I can't fault them for just being there a little bit. You know, maybe those two guys would have been great. I don't know, but I went to we high school with fun. those two guys. I went to college <laughs> with those two guys. <laughs> Um, I still avoid phone calls from those two guys, you know, like to me, like th that's like, uh, those are my people, right? Like the guys that are, you know, just looking to go out and have a good time. You know, I, it, it's, it's the, it's the side of me that I deny <laughs> because I'm a responsible human being, you yeah. know, um, you know, and, and that's um, to me, there there was also, you know, although they were one dimensional, there was a um, a sense of like there are people who behave this way, you know, who will come out of their car, 
you know, stoned out of their mind and just be singing. Um, uh, what song was it? You know, sexy bitches. What? Oh yeah. Oh my God. I don't. Yes. I don't, that... I don't know, but I'm like, and, and, and then they'll just like Mac it to whoever they see knowing that nothing is going to happen. That's the reason why Anthony freaks out. He's like, yeah. Oh shit. And you see it on his face. He's like, that worked, you know? Yeah. And no, it didn't work. You're about to get your ass murdered. But, <laughs> um, but it was so interesting to see that happen. Right. Because uh, all my friends who ever tried stuff like that got shut down right away because, yeah, the fuck they should get shut down, you know, because right. that just that's, shouldn't work. That's just that's just the, the spray and pray a game. Right. I mean, you just when you, <laughs> when you when you when you when you turn getting laid into a numbers game, you know, right. <laughs> like that's that's the whole thing. Right. It's like, look, if I just talk to every cast the widest net possible. Right. <laughs> just it's it's the sawed off shotgun approach man you're gonna you're gonna yeah, hit something. you'll hit something yeah you throw some birdshot in there and you're gonna hit something so um, yeah we've we've talked about just about everybody but as we are wont to do when we discuss a slasher movie we got to give him his own section so let's talk about chrome skull a guy that is maybe really deep in his insanity or a guy who is maybe just really into killing and not that crazy i i don't know there's a lot to unpack here in a small package of what we're given so what do you think about chrome skull man i think that this is <laughs> one of the more memorable looking slasher villains yeah in a long long time um like i think after ghostface um we had there's there's really only two or three slasher villains that I can think of that are like, yeah, that's memorable. Like right. there's, there's the, the um, jigsaw dummy, the jigsaw dummy. There's uh, I'm going to throw this out there and I know I'm probably going to get laughed at, but the killer from final girls has a great look <laughs> to does, him. He's very, does. he's very memorable. Yes. Fair. And Chrome skull, you know, um, to me, this look is incredible and um, it's scary. Yes. And the fact that he actually slashes people, which is something that I think a lot of like slashers forget that sometimes. Yes. Where it's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you have to slash them to death or stab them to death or something. But you're, you, it, it's, it's about being up close and personal. Right. Um, you know, the the traps and the pitfalls. Yeah, all that stuff is cool. But have you stabbed anyone lately? You know, <laughs> like and, and I feel like this this guy gets it like he likes to watch people suffer. Yeah. And uh, there is something sick and sadistic about this guy. But uh, I also love that. Uh, I can't remember the police officer's name, but he says, you know, that this was this was done by someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah, this is done by someone who is more than likely a surgeon, and I that one line gives so much possible depth to this character, right? Like, who is he outside of this? Right. Um, what's the life that he lives outside of? And we get a name, yeah, from from the glove box of his car. But it's like you know he's he's got this this fancy schmancy phone. That um, like is super high tech for the time. Mm -hmm. He's got um, 
He's got a car with a GPS system, which back in those days was super expensive to have in your car. Correct. Um, so like it's it's I think difficult for young people when they watch this movie, if they watch this movie, to kind of grasp that the technology that they know today is there, but it's primitive compared to what we have today. I mean, we're talking about 14 years, right? You know, um, that's a long time. And technology has come a long way. I mean, this guy still has to hit, you know, number buttons multiple times to get to different letters. <laughs> you know, and if you ah, if, yes. if you if you've never had to do that, you know, you you, you don't you, you're not going to get it. But it's uh, it's there's something here. This guy is someone who like this is a part of his personality. This is a part of who he is, and maybe it is the most important part that allows him to go on and continue being that person, that surgeon who maybe has a wife and kids, maybe has all this stuff. And some of that is addressed in the second movie, but I love the fact that this is a guy who knows what he's doing. He's like an artist with his, with his blades. Yes. And he's so imposing. And I think he has a little bit of a sense of humor too. Um, there's, and he never speaks, you know, he does the Michael and the Jason thing really mm-hmm. well. And uh, for me, this is the kind of guy where if I actually saw someone like this in real life, I would immediately run in fear. Yes. Um, you know, if I saw someone that looked like Michael Myers, my initial reaction is probably going to be to laugh. Right. As scary as Michael Myers is, and we're afraid of him now because we've had, you know, how many movies where where we see this psycho going on 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 killing sprees. If I saw someone that looked like Jason, I'd probably laugh. What the fuck is this guy doing in a hockey mask? Right. You know, and unless you've seen Friday the 13th Part 3, you don't understand where he gets the hockey mask from. And it's just like, OK, well, that's Jason, I guess. Like, no, no, it was it was part of, you know, the, the story. It made sense. But like this guy, it's like the fuck is wrong with this guy you right know, the chrome plated skull it's not um i mean it's it's a mask but it's glued to his face right using some sort of like ad- ad- adhesive that is supposed to bond to your skin like this is a guy who is like he goes out of his way to terrify you and then the fact that he wants to record these things and watch them back later and that Princess is not the first person he does this to that. There's like how many people he's done this to. We have no idea, but it's, you know, dozens of people we come to find out as the movie goes on. And even more, as you watch the second movie that it's like, this guy is like just fucking wacko. Um, I personally really like this slasher Chrome skull. I'm not going to, I wouldn't put him on the same level as the um the prowler but um i would probably put him on the same level as the driller killer from uh, okay the slumber party massacre uh he's someone who when i start thinking of slashers he's never going to be the first one i think of but he's a mid-tier slasher for me yeah which is a new guy, guy i think is saying something yeah i mean this guy i mean he's He's the selling point of the movie, right? There's a reason that the second one is called Chrome Skull, laid to rest too. Right. There's a reason that the the image on the front is that mask. That is a horrifying visage, visage. 
um, to to be confronted. We don't have to get fancy. Just fist. (laughs) I mean, so like, but and not just horrifying in the fact that it that it is this this metal skull. Just the entire package is scary. But it's also fucking cool, man. He's yeah. like this, like it's 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 the mask, it's the bald head, it's the black on black on black suit that looks like a very nice tailored suit. It's right. the big, huge knives that I mean, if you were watching us live, you can kind of catch them underneath here. I mean, just these massive hunting knives with the built-in brass knuckles, just every part of them looks painful and awful. It's the personalized license plate with yeah. his name on it. Right? For what? First personalized plate we've had since Jeepers Creepers. And this guy's just going ahead and throwing yeah. the name out there. Like, nope, I am Chrome Skull. Like that's, I mean, just it's, it's it's the nice car. You're right. It's the phone that for 2009 would been would have it was incredible. Like a phone that was doing all of this. It, it's it's the entire package of the guy. It's the it's the the cat and mouse superiority of not only do I videotape these so I can watch them, I send them to the fucking cops. Like yeah, come find me. See, prove it. Do it. You know, he he's the bravado, just everything that's wrapped up in this guy puts him on a level with a lot of these other people, puts him in a different way, because this is a guy who doesn't seem to be doing it for any reason other than the fact that he enjoys it. There's there's as far as I know from watching this one, there's no trauma here or anything. You know, this is just a guy who really likes killing people and is very, very good at it. This is, uh, this is a man who, like you said, obviously has some sort of medical training. This is a guy who is very selective with how he picks his people because I, you know, like you said, there's dozens, you know, we, we just see all these tapes in his, in his glove box. And at the beginning of the movie, you just see just all like the B roll, of all of the people that he's done this to already, everything about this guy is frightening down to, like I said, the fact that he makes himself look cool to do it. Like that's when, when, when you you get dressed up when you want, when you're going to do something that, that you want to do or that you have to do. Right. But when you, when you're putting on that nice suit, it's like, I'm going some, I'm, I'm going to impress. I'm going to look good. Like this is a guy that this is how he sets out to put his name out in the world to, to get people to notice him. And so he does it while dressed to the nines. That's, it was just, it was crazy because I wanted to just write this guy off as just some psycho, but there's such a level of complexity to the way that he's doing things, to the people that he's that, that he's picking, and to the fact that he genuinely seems to enjoy it. There were plenty of uh, killers and bad guys in these movies that we've talked about that are scary for lots of reasons. But being scary for the fact that you just really love killing and there's no driving force, there's no reason that you're, there's no end game for you. I mean, even when you look at a Chucky, 
Chucky just loves killing people, but there's always a reason they're just getting in his way of his ultimate goal of getting his body back or getting his girl back or getting his uh, like transgendered child back, right? Like it's just, <laughs> just all of these things. Like there was always some motivation there for Chucky. Mm-hmm. And, and so while, yeah, he did seem to genuinely enjoy all of it, there, there was a motivation. We never know what this guy's after we it just seems to be for the fucking lulls like there's 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 nothing there that leads you to believe that this guy's doing it for any reason other than to get his rocks off which is just scary but also like you said man you catch that mask i'm out like I, i like that's the type of mask that yes you're not lulling anyone into a false sense of security. No one's seeing that and going, oh, that's weird. No, people see that mask and they dip. So not only is he presenting himself in a way that's cool, but he's putting on something that's so terrifying that he's making the job harder for himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's never just going to be standing there and people be like, man, that guy's... You know, Michael Myers always got like one of those. Somebody would be like, what is... What is this? Who the dude? fuck is like, this guy? Yeah, yeah, who the fuck is this guy? No one's saying that to Chrome Skull. They're looking at this guy and going, nope, and they're out. And so he's he's actively making his job harder with the way that he looks as well, which is I mean, it like I said, it's 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 weird to think that there's a lot to unpack here with Chrome Skull, but just all of the pieces that we get give us a lot to talk about. And it was it was cool, man. I liked this killer a lot. I'm 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 glad to hear you say that because I, I think that you can you can knock a lot on this movie. But I think that this is one of those things where like I, I would have fought you on this. If you had said <laughs> he was stupid, I would have been like, No, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're stupid. Oh. Okay, well. Yeah, well, I guess I'm stupid. Um, (laughs) That kind of only leaves one more thing to talk about uh, before we rate the movie. And this is a section that we have been doing uh, every time we do a slasher. And we call it Blood and Boobs uh, because it is the cornerstone of the slasher genre. Sex and violence. Violence and sex. uh, oh man, what's that line from Return of the Living Dead? Do do you like uh, some violence with your sex, or do you like so- oh uh, do you like your sex with death, or do you like some uh, some death with sex? Yeah, and uh, and I think that that's that's perfect for the slasher, right? Um, so how was the sex and violence in this movie for you? Was it gratuitous? Was it just right? Was it enjoyable? Was it what was it? Okay, so um, let me start off with uh, with some of the sexual stuff. Then uh, there's not a ton of it. There's not a ton of it. However, mm-hmm. last week um, when we were on here, we were talking Slumber Party Massacre. We we mentioned how at uh, two minutes and three seconds we got our first pair of boobs, and we're like, "Wow, fastest boobs in Shiver history so far." <laughs> it only took us one week to break that record. As we get a pair of boobs at one minute and 48 seconds in this movie. So a solid Was it that fast? seconds faster. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. They were in no way sexual boobs. They were right. attached to a corpse. But 
um, or at least a girl who was dying. But uh, boobs happen very fast. Once you get past that, there's not a lot of boobs and sex in this, right? There's there's definitely not enough for it to be considered gratuitous. You get some mild nudity at best when she kind of has a panic attack in the shower and she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's curled up. But what this movie lacks in gratuitous nudity, n- nudity, it makes up for it in gratuitous, gratuitous violence. The yeah. gore and the kill in this in this movie, they could have saved just about anything. And that's what's always crazy about the horror genre. And that is, there are plenty of movies that prove no number of boobs can save some movies. Looking at you, yeah. a tale from the crypt bordello of blood. There were <laughs> there there weren't enough boobies in the world to make that movie enjoyable. But mm-hmm. there can be enough violence to make just about any horror when used well to make just about any horror movie enjoyable. And that is what this movie accomplished for everything that it lacked in storytelling for everything that it lacked in, in just cohesive pacing for a little while there. What we get is a special effects extravaganza. Like I, I like to think that there is somewhere where Tom Savini watched this movie and was like, fuck. Yeah. Like there's so many great shots in here. You started early. You started to talk earlier about how Steven got just the crazy death. So he, 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 he check off guns himself. Right. By, by saying something, uh, by saying something about the, the tire seal. And he's like, maybe we can shove it in his ears and fill his head. And then that's how he dies. And it could have just been, you see it happen. You go, ah, poor Steven. But then they cut back to it and you watch his head swell until his eyeballs explode with tire sealant. It was crazy. Spectacular. And it was amazing because it was gross, but it wasn't gross out, right? It wasn't. Yeah. It was it was just gross to see somebody's head do that, but it wasn't like, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> I did need to see that. I did need to see what might happen if I fill someone's head with tire sealant. <laughs> and they showed it to me <laughs> in a way that I felt was believable. That one got me man i loved that i loved that one so much i loved when he slices the uh i guess he was tucker's brother-in-law right i think they mentioned he just like slices his face just straight the fuck up oh that was great front of it falls off ah man every time they killed someone in this movie it was show-stopping Every time someone got the knife or the shotgun or whatever, it was a moment that made you go, okay, yeah, I'm still here. Like, let's keep going. It was great in that aspect. And I don't want to take them all. So I'll let you talk about some. Um, You know, I think you mentioned my favorite one. I say, I think you mentioned it because I don't know exactly um which one my favorite death is because it, it varies uh but i do think that the brother-in-law is my favorite death um to see his face just come right off 
Yes. <laughs> that is like, wow. T- to me, what really had me coming back to this movie was everything that happens from Lena Headey's death on. Uh, the 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 setup, it's whatever, you know. It's it's a setup. It's fine, right? Um, when she gets stabbed in the skull, and you see her eyeball like just flicker a little yeah. bit, yeah. And the way that she just slams down on the uh, man, like uh, to me, the thing is like I've never seen someone die in a brutal way like this, right? Um, I, in fact, I've, I've, I've really never seen violence against people, and I hope I never do. Uh, right. I've, I've, I've never fought in war. Uh, I didn't grow up in a rough neighborhood. Um, I think the, the, the most violent thing I've ever seen is a dog get run over by a car, um, and, uh, and that was awful. Right. So, like, I, I couldn't <laughs> handle is. this. I couldn't handle this. But everyone dies in a way that I think is believable, given the circumstance. Right. Like our uh, the, the bodies are anatomically behaving in ways that make sense to me as someone who just has a very simple understanding of biology. Right. And and I think that this is, you know, very much in a in a Savini way. A slight exaggeration to maybe how much blood might be in the human body. Right. And how much spray there might be. But we're not talking about um, like a like a Kurosawa amount of spray. <laughs> you know, we're not talking about a Tarantino amount of spray. Right. You know, uh, you know, thinking Kill Bill. Um, this is slightly above appropriate when it comes to the the gore um in fact like i i think like one of the more underwhelming ones to me was one of the more realistic ones and one of the ones that hurts the most which is when uh the brother-in-law's girlfriend starts running away yeah she thinks she's gotten away and then all of a sudden she feels her guts falling out and she didn't even realize she'd been sliced and that's something where i think almost everyone has been cut by something that is so sharp that you don't even realize you've been cut. Right. I have a scar on this finger right here from being cut by ice. I was trying to dislodge a uh, a pallet from uh, from a freezer when I worked in a warehouse. And um, I had a little hatchet, and I was going in there and just hacking away at the ice that had built up around this pallet, around this frame. And... Um, Pulled my hand out, covered in blood. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, and I had sliced it all the way down to the bone. Oh, No idea it had happened. None at all. And it wasn't until I went to clean it out in the bathroom that I was like, holy fuck, that hurts. Right. That is real. Yeah. That actually happens, you know. Um, That's why I don't think the violence is um, gratuitous. Because I think that someone who is looking to inflict pain would do things like this. And I think that our bodies would behave in ways that are maybe slightly exaggerated. Do I have a favorite kill? It's probably that one. If it's not the the face thing, I mean, seeing his face dissolve in that acid is just oh. 
glorious oh. absolutely glorious and mm. the 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 feeling of relief that you have when you see that when you finally see him you're like oh he's gonna fucking do it he's gonna fucking do it and he slathers the glue all over it and then puts it on his face and then seeing the skin melt as he tries to rip it off oh man that is some gooey gooey goodness there i have i have accidentally glued my fingers together uh, mm. more times than i probably should have in my <laughs> life with 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 super glue and just knowing how how bad it hurts to like try to do this yeah. Right. Like once you even once you start to dissolve it with some acetone and stuff like you still get a rip there, you yeah. know, so you think about that. You think about the times you've had to pull a Band-Aid off your leg and it just gets a couple hairs or something. And then you think about something that is glued to your entire face and burning so bad that you're willing to just rip it off skin and all because it hurts that bad. Oh, my God. When he's laying on the ground and that mask finally the skin finally starts to give way and he gets his fingers underneath there and you're like oh shit he's he's coming is the whole thing's coming off he's taking it off right now and you're just sitting there and it's like that was one of the best payoffs to something that i've had in a movie in a long time yeah. like it was it was satisfying in the fact that 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 was steven's plan it was satisfying in the fact that this man had inflicted so much pain so he deserved so much pain there was such an incredible catharsis reached in that moment of watching him rip off that mask and take all of the skin on his face with it that was wild loved that so much yeah i'm 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 glad that you felt the payoff was equal to what i thought uh because that, that to me that the way you kill your slasher in in a slasher movie is just as important as the way your slasher kills his victims right and um i feel like so often that payoff is not there where your slasher doesn't really die in a great way I think that um, for their faults, um, and and I don't think there are any in The Prowler, um, the last two movies that we've done, The Prowler and In Slumber Party Massacre, we've gotten great killer deaths right. where they're satisfying. They leave you uh, rooting for the survivors and also uh, rooting for the death. It's... Um, it's great. I and and I I think it's a it's a great great way to end this movie. Yeah. I mean, so it was like I said for for everything that that this movie that you may knock this movie for, this is the area where it it is absolutely not going to get anything taken off because you know, we we talked last week about Summer Party Massacre we're like we want to see the drill get in there. We want to see the guts one time. Like, yeah, we got the guts, right? We got the exploding head. We got just the decapitated head sitting there. There's just so many different things that they, this is the area where they seem to genuinely just be having fun when yep. they were making this movie. This is the spot where you go, okay, the people who made this have a genuine love for what they are doing because every one of those kills was an 
absolute labor of love, which is all you can ask for when it comes to good special effects. I want to feel that you enjoyed doing it. I don't want to see hope. I don't want to think that you were just cashing a paycheck because you were brought into this film. I want to see that you loved what you were doing. Yeah. And for those who are interested, there are 12 deaths yes. that we see in this movie because there's uh, like an insane amount more that we see like bodies. Right. We don't actually see the deaths. Um, that is that is a high, high number. Yep. For I mean, uh, for a slasher. Going back and checking. Yeah, that beat Slumber Party Massacre last week by one. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And Slumber Party Massacre has a really high body count yep the prowler doesn't have half no. i think what was it five i think so yeah uh i mean the deaths were spectacular they were great but so is every single death in this movie yeah so um and, and that's something where i think um if you want to talk slashers that's why people who do talk about this movie talk about this movie because right. this is in the vein of the old slashers. These are all practical effects. There's a little bit of CG that's thrown on there to like sell the blood. But um, these are all done with practical special effects all in front of the camera. You don't see movies like this made very often anymore. And mm -hmm. and truthfully, that is why I, I, I picked this because to me, that's special. Um, when you love a genre the way that um, that you and I do, Daniel, there's something special about seeing a throwback that is an actual throwback and not something that's parroting something else, not seeing something that is like a straight up homage um, and not something that is as much as I love Stranger Things doing the Stranger Things thing where right. it's like everything is neon and everything is like not like the 80s, but it's like how we remember the 80s. Right. Um, this is just like, hey, this is today, but it's made in the vein of the way movies were made back then. And, and I love it for that. Yeah. So that's going to take us to the end. And it is about that time when we rate the movie. So just as a reminder to everybody, whenever we rate a movie, we're only rating it against itself. So while we've referenced the, Pro the Prowler and S Slumber Party Massacre, we're not stacking this up against it. Mm -hmm. We're just looking at what Laid to Rest has to deliver for us. And so we create a unique rating system for every movie that we rate here. So for this one, Dave, I would like to know out of a possible five 911 emails. <laughs> obviously, it. the most effective way to get a hold of the police. It's the only way I do. Five 911 <laughs> emails. What do you give laid to rest, man? Um, you know, I this movie has faults, and every single fault I think has to do with budget. Um, if this were to be made with a sizable crew. If this were to have been made with better equipment, if this simply had a bigger budget, this would be the kind of movie that I think lots of people talk about. If this had the power of new line cinema behind it, right? it would, it would have been huge yeah. or dimension pictures Lions or something Gate like even. that. Lionsgate. Yeah. You know, it, 
it doesn't have to be a Warner Brothers. It doesn't have to be an MGM or a Paramount. Like, just something. Anything. Someone to throw a little bit of money at this. Um, so this kind of suffers from the same thing that Slumber Party Massacre did, I think, which is not having the budget to be the best movie that it could be. Um, so I hate to dock points for that, but the movie does suffer because of it. Now, the movie is an awful lot of fun to watch. The movie is uh, one that I've rewatched uh, a couple of times already and one that I know I'm going to continue to rewatch. In fact, when I was done with this, I went on to part two uh, earlier this week. And and I, I don't see myself doing a marathon of this without doing that. Because that's how strong this film is, I think, that it promotes wanting to see more. I wish there was more. Robert Hall sadly died a couple of years ago. Um, and there's no you know, reports as to what happened. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I don't know what what that means for the future of of Chrome School and, and, and laid to rest. What I do know is that it's a shame we never got more. And it's a shame that he's gone. So um, for all that, I'm going to give this four. Um, I think that if you look at it on its own, maybe this might be a three or a three and a half. But if you look at it as far as the experience that you have with the movie, how much fun I've had talking about this movie the last hour and you know 17 minutes. I fucking love this movie and, and anything less than four from me would, would be a lie. Yeah, dude, I'm going to meet you right there. Um, mm -hmm. This, this thing is a four nine one one emails for me. I mean, it was, you're right. It, it's, it, it would be easy to, to just to knock on all the things that, that are obviously just problems with the budget. Mm -hmm. And so while I can't just completely overlook them, I can give them some, some, you know, some leeway on that. I think that we've got some great performances out of the actors. I think that we've got something that with a slightly larger release could have created a very iconic killer. Yeah. It could have created something that people would talk about Chrome Skull because he is scary. I think that this movie had spectacular kills. I think it had just enough story that never felt like it tripped over itself. And I will tell people about this one. This is going to be one of my new go-tos. Like, oh, you, you, you know, you like, you like that movie that you're talking about with a lot of kills. Let me tell you about this one that you probably missed. If you are, if you're watching or listening right now and you're thinking, man, maybe I should watch this. It's on the Roku channel right now for free. You got to sit through a couple commercials, but it is on the Roku channel mm -hmm. uh, for free right now. So you, I mean, you can get out there and watch it. The thing's not completely inaccessible. Um, so I'm going to go four nine one one emails on this one because it's a solid movie. That's a fun ass watch and I will watch it again. And I am going to watch the sequel uh, before it's all said and done. So I, yeah, I'm going to go four. So there it is four. 911 emails, which is about 4911 emails too many. Help um, and many cops. <laughs> 
Send many cops. I love that. Uh, <laughs> we thank you for having stuck around and listened to the entire episode. We've got one more episode left in our sensational summer slasher series. Daniel, do you know what it is yet? I do. We're going to go a little bit more recent. Uh, and we are going to do one that I love that I love came out a couple years ago. I caught it in theaters and have not seen it since, but I did love it when I saw it in theaters. We're going to do happy death day. Nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, I also love happy death. Day. <laughs> so um, you know, th that's going to be an, a lot of fun to talk about. I have a feeling I'm going to marathon that one too, and go right I, to happy death day. I am. I am uh, planning on just watching them back to back. Happy death day. Happy death day to you. One night, man. I have not seen the sequel. Oh. oh, and I think I own it. I think I bought it when it came out and I just never got around to it. So uh, I got to see what trees up to. In, yeah. Uh, in that one. So. Um, so thank you so very much. Uh, reminder that uh, once we're done with our sensational summer slasher series, we plan on picking up that uh, that that summer guest spot. And uh, if you want to talk about something with us, there's some movie you want to talk about, one that was integral to your horror fan uh, makeup or uh, just one that you hate and you know that we've mentioned and we love it. Come <laughs> on here and, uh, and, and talk with us. I'd love to tell you why you're wrong. Uh <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Of course, you can reach out to us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShiverPod. We're also YouTube at the same thing. Uh, DM us on one of those. Let us know what you think we should watch, and we will find a way to make it happen. We'd love to have you on and talk about it. Uh, last summer, we did Silver Bullet mm -hmm. and Puppet Master. and just I mean, we were all over the place last summer. The original Child's Play. I mean, we did so much great stuff. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. And we want to have you on to talk about it. So reach out to us on one of those forms. You can, if you want to just write us a story about it, you need more than a DM, you can email us at shiverpod at gmail.com. So reach out to us. Let us know how, what you want to watch, when you can come on and do it. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much. All right.